The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Hello Garthologists, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Garthology Podcast. Thanks for checking in with us again. For this episode, we are going to take a deep dive look into Mr. Jimmy Mattingly, the coolest fiddle player on the planet, who also happens to play and tour with Garth Brooks. For today's episode about Jimmy, we will look at his early years, how he came to tour with Garth, his time with the bluegrass group, the Graskels, while Garth was retired, and what they've done together since Garth came out of retirement. Plus, we'll discuss three of our favorite Garth songs featuring Jimmy Mattingly and his amazing fiddle playing from Garth's Double Live 25th Anniversary Edition album. So let's start with his early years. Jimmy Mattingly was born in 1963 and moved to Terre Haute, Indiana when he was two. Jimmy's dad, Edward, was a fiddle player, and most of his brothers played some sort of country or bluegrass instrument. So Jimmy was around music all of his life. Fifth grade was the first time a student could join the strings class, so Jimmy played the violin in the Benjamin Franklin Elementary School Orchestra in Indiana, where he learned the basics. He started playing fiddle at nine years old. And while living in Indiana, Jimmy won his first fiddle trophy, the Indiana State Fiddle Championship. At 10, the family moved to Litchfield, Kentucky. While he was still a teenager, Jimmy won four Kentucky State Fiddle Playing Championships and four Tennessee State Championships. And in 1981, he won the Grandmasters Invitational National Championship. After his win, he started touring with the bluegrass band Spectrum, later backing the Forrester Sisters and Steve Warner. Then in 1989 until 1993, he toured with the legendary Dolly Parton, which led to joining Garth's backup group, Stillwater. Now let's look at my favorite Jimmy Mattingly performance on a Garth Brooks song, Colin Baton Rouge. Colin Baton Rouge is the perfect fiddle song. Just listen to that opening. Jimmy is on fire, and I get chills every single time it opens. It's just like being at a Garth show, listening to it on this album. Jimmy is there through the entire song, just lighting it up and burning it down. How does he do it? 
And then starting at the 116 mark, Jimmy just absolutely takes over the song. And this is already after playing nonstop for the first minute and 16 seconds. Chills, people. I get chills. Then he plays all the way through to the end and finishes the song with that little flourish at the 232 mark that's not on the studio recording. And it is perfection. Pete, what did you think of this recording? Well, I actually get to talk about this song in an upcoming episode, so I'll make this short so I don't repeat myself too much when we record that episode. When we talk about Colin Baton Rouge, we really do talk about one of the most upbeat, fun songs that Garth has. But Jimmy, Jimmy, in my opinion, sets the tone for this entire song. I love the live shows when Jimmy gets going on his solos and Garth is just all over him, screaming, yelling. He's up in his ear and his face. It really shows you that these guys truly do have a fun, genuine, good time with one another in the live shows. It's one of my top five live show songs for sure. And when it comes time for Jimmy to go, he goes nuts. Like you were saying, he just lights that stage up. I really can talk about this song all day, but for now, I'm going to save the rest for what I have to say later. So Jess, what are your thoughts on it? This is my favorite song to hear live. Like, there's so many songs that I enjoy, but this song is just nuts from beginning to end, and it just goes the whole time, and I love it. And I'm so impressed by the fiddle solos in this song. It kills me that somebody can play like that. And it would 100% not be what it is without the music, and most specifically the fiddle. And like you were saying, like Jimmy has so much fun. I I love to watch him and Garth interact, but he always has that big old grin on his face and he just looks like he's having the time of his life out there on the stage. And we've talked about with Garth, like that's compelling to watch. You can't help but want to watch somebody have that kind of fun. And so I love this song as much for that as for the song itself, I think. I love it. I love this song completely. Everything about it. Yeah. You know, it's funny how you say, you know, like where he's genuinely having a good time like that. You know, Garth, obviously, we all know he's won seven Entertainer of the Years, and he always says it's because the band and crew. But that's an exact reason why he says that. Garth's not the only one having a great time out there. All of the people in the band are having just as good of a time, and it shows with Jimmy in these songs. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that definitely Jimmy is having as much fun, if not more fun, than Garth. Seeing him in concert out there with Garth is the best. I love it because he's having so much fun. So, Pete, what do you have to tell us about Jimmy? Yeah, so I get to talk about Jimmy and how he actually started with Garth. In 1995, Jimmy hit the road for a tour with Brooks and Dunn. And in the summer of 1995, he got that ultimate call to record a track with Garth Brooks. On Garth Brooks' 1995 release, Fresh Horses, and the song was Fever. That led to a full-time spot with Garth and the band on the world tour from 1995 to 1998, and the nickname that he got, The Rookie. Jimmy was part of the Live from Central Park and the Ireland and Back shows, and during this time with Garth and many live shows for TV specials, I can always remember Jimmy just going 110% every minute of every show. I always remember that he would run out to the center of the stage or any part of the section of the stage that he was closest to with his fiddle, during his solo, and again, like we mentioned before, just go absolutely nuts. In any Garth song that has a fiddle break, Jimmy just doesn't give up. He gives it his all every single time. 
When it was all said and done, he would throw his fiddle bow out to the crowd. And in an article that I had read and while doing research, at one point he had mentioned to Garth, hey, at some point, you're going to have to start buying these bows because he would just go crazy and then throw it, go crazy <laughs> and throw it. So, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. It made me giggle a little bit. When Garth and the band decided to take a break in 1999, Jimmy continued to do special live dates and record with Garth. So I want to talk about the song that I mentioned, Fever. That is my absolute favorite fiddle song that Jimmy's involved with, with Garth. As you all know, there's a lot of different recordings of the song Fever, but I do not think that any of those are better than the cut off the double live 25th anniversary edition. From the fourth second of the song, Jimmy is just on it, and I mean on it. Up until the 54th second, it's just Jimmy and Mike on the drums, but Jimmy is just letting that fiddle bow catch fire. He's playing in the background the entire song, of course, but when Garth sings the lyrics Fever, you can hear Jimmy just slide in on that bow to match Garth's pitch in his voice, and it just carries it. Like I listened to that song while doing this research on that live 25th anniversary, and every time that Garth says Fever, if you just listen to it, you could just hear he just chimes in and it comes up. It was great. Obviously, during the song, Garth will give us a little bit of break from Jimmy. Just being up in our faces and that fiddle from the 54 second mark until the one minute and 24 second mark. And then boom, Jimmy's just right back in your face. And every time that I hear it, I, it gets me remembering going to live shows with Garth. And, and Deb, I know that we talked about it while we were doing research, like and you had mentioned it. It just makes me earn for another live show. It's crazy what, what that'll do. Yeah. I remember watching on the Central Park show. At one point, Jimmy's just going crazy. And I remember like when I first saw it the first couple of times, they actually zoom in on Jimmy and, and the fiddle. And I thought I was like, oh, my God, it's smoking. But apparently those things turn to dust, you know, and that's when the things go. I was like, oh. and so when I was writing this, I thought to my, it just took me back to years ago when I would watch that live show. And he's just wah, 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 and it's like, Ooh. and I'm like, oh, but it, it's just ended up being dust. And it's crazy because they zoom in a little closer. It's all over his shirt. Uh, Jess, you mentioned how he runs out and he's got that gigantic smile. Yeah. You know, another thing you're always going to get from Jimmy. What's that? One of the biggest belt buckles on stage. Always. <laughs> every time. Big smile, big belt buckle, big energy. And I love it. I, again, you know, we talk about the, the music and the instruments in the background. I can tell you this. I'm not sure what the song Fever is without Jimmy. I just don't know that anybody can make it that good. And Deb, what do you got on this one? My feeling when this song comes on, the first thing I think is superhuman. Like that's what comes to mind when I think of this song and Jimmy. That's the word that just screams out to me because I think, what the heck? How in the world does he do it? Garth pushes himself to the very edge when it comes to this song in concert. 
But then there's Jimmy just like riding the edge with Garth like it's no big deal, playing this fiddle with skill that is phenomenal. Like I can't, there's no other word to describe it to me. And I think it's proven in this recording, the double live, because even at the end, Garth gives a shout out to Jimmy at the end of this song on that album. Because Jimmy's on fire. He's just superhuman. Like, how does that even happen? I don't understand it. How one man could keep his arm going that quick. I know, right? Like, how does his arm not get tired? I'd get tired just holding it up to my chin, let alone just like that. Oh, my (laughs) goodness gracious. (laughs) Yeah. So I just love it. I think that this is the perfect fiddle song. I think this recording for this album was such a great showcase for Jimmy's skill. What did you think, Jess? Um, I agree. And again, I had just in my notes that he just looks like he's having so much fun. And I think anytime he gets that moment to kind of do what he does, you can't help but see the joy come out in his face. And Pete had mentioned before, you know, the band, they look like they're having so much fun and their chemistry all together is so good. And you can tell that they're friends and that they really enjoy playing together. Like it looks like there is nowhere in the world they'd rather be than performing for us in that moment that you're watching them, which is so fun and compelling to watch. And this song specifically, I love how the music builds and builds and the fiddle really kind of lifts it, I think, to a whole another level that it wouldn't reach without that. I agree. I don't know what this song would be without the fiddle and without Jimmy. I can't even imagine it. Um, There's a part at the 156 mark that kind of reminds me of something out of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. It sounds almost kind of evil or like it tapers off. And it just, it reminded me of what you said, Deb, like the skill level to make an instrument make that sound, you know, is crazy because I, so much of it is so fast and so delicate. Like those little bitty moves make a completely different sound and it's all happening so fast. And they're also running around the stage at the same time, yet they don't miss a beat. Everything sounds amazing. And all those fiddle licks are perfect, which is just insane to me. It's so impressive as a song. I, I'm like wrapped attention while it's on just so that I can pay attention to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Jess, I got us caught up to when Garth went into retirement. Why don't you tell us what Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy (laughs) did after that? So when Garth went on his prolonged hiatus, because he did eventually come back to us, we were all waiting for it. And he did. Um, In 2001, his band members all found different avenues to pursue their love of music because they're musicians. It's what they do. So in 2002, Jimmy actually played on Dolly Parton's Halos and Horns album, but Jimmy was also always there when Garth needed him. He was still part of the famous Dr. Pepper commercial. He had kind of a feature role in that, and that was in 2003. And also when Garth recorded The Lost Sessions in 2005, he didn't come out of retirement to do that, but his band still was there and recorded the music, and so he was a part of that as well. And Jimmy, you know, he's worked with a lot of other artists over the years. And we talked about some of them, but he worked with Brooks and Dunn and the Osborne Brothers, Rascal Flatts and Dolly Parton and Chris Ledoux and Ricky Van Shelton and Steve Warner. So to an outsider, it would seem that finding a new gig during that time when he was off would be a cinch, but Jimmy's bluegrass roots were really calling to him during that time. And in 2004, the original concept of the Graskels occurred when the four core members, Jimmy, Terry Eldridge, Jamie Johnson, and Dave Talbot, asked Terry Smith and Danny Roberts to join a new group that they were starting up. 
They weren't sure it would go anywhere, but began recording their first album that year, and the self-titled album, The Graskles, was released in 2005 and featured such songs as Me and John and Paul, Where Corn Don't Grow, which is an awesome song. If you guys haven't heard it, you should look it up. Amazing. Like, I just heard it. I can't stop listening to it. So good. Yeah, I love that one. And a popular cover song, Viva Las Vegas, featuring the one and only Dolly Parton. During that recording, Dolly showed an interest in the Graskles, and the band soon became her opening act, as well as her bluegrass band, and they performed at Dollywood and the Grand Ole Opry. Despite their earlier doubts, their first album made it onto the Billboard charts, as well as many other country charts, and Dolly's called it one of the greatest albums she's ever heard. They actually went on to have three Grammy nominations in the bluegrass category in 2005, 2006, and 2012. And as an aside, in 2004 or 2005, when they kind of were just getting started, I was living in, well, not in Nashville, but like just south of Nashville. And during CMA Fest week, they were kind of promoting that first Graskles album and I got to see them. So I'm going to find a picture of that when I got to see them. They, they were doing some little promotional thing. I can't remember. There were different groups. But anyway, I got to, to meet them and get a picture. And so I'm going to give it to Deb so she can put it up on the website. But Back then, Trisha was working on promoting, I think, Jasper County. I don't even think it was out yet. And so I had been going here and there and seeing her shows around Nashville. And so then getting to see Jimmy during that time, too, was almost like, you know, everyone was missing Garth. And it was like getting to see little pieces of your family where I was like, can you guys just like all get in one place again, please? (laughs) But um, in 2008, Jimmy left the Graskles and he was replaced by Jeremy Abshire. And then as soon as Garth went back into the studio, Jimmy was there for it. In fact, he's been on pretty much everything Garth's done in the 2000s from Scarecrow all the way to Fun. And he currently tours with Garth whenever an occasion arises. Let's all hope COVID goes by the wayside soon or at least backs down enough that we can all get back to the concerts that we love. And Jimmy, we can't wait to see you out there. I'm looking forward to watching you bring down the house with one of my all-time favorites, which is Much Too Young to Feel This Damn Old. This old highway's getting longer Seems there ain't no inside To sleep wouldn't be best But I just can't afford to rest I gotta ride in Denver tomorrow night So the guitar opens this song, but as soon as the first fiddle notes start to drift out over the audience, the crowd erupts because they know what song is coming. That intro is so reminiscent of Amarillo by Morning, and everyone just knows it's much too young. And everyone's so excited about it. And it's one of those few things where I think, other than like the dance or something like that, where it's a slower song that still gets the same reaction of a fast, upbeat song. It's like as soon as those notes take off and everyone knows what it is, it's still just like an eruption, even though it's going to be, you know, a more low-key song. It's going to be Garth singing about lonely highways and cold saddles and Jimmy breaking our hearts with the lonesome fiddle sound. And I'm here for it every time. There's nothing like this song. So to me, it truly stands alone. Pete, what do you think about this one? My gosh, much too young. It's definitely a top five favorite from Garth and the gang. This song is always, always so good. And you mentioned how there's that beginning where, you know, you know what's coming, but I, I didn't, 
when I really sat down and listened to it on the double live 25th anniversary edition, when we were, I was doing the research here, I don't know that this song in my mind on any record that it's been released on or live, if I could remember it listening and sounding that good, like it was amazing. It's a perfect mix between Gar's vocals and Jimmy's fiddle playing. Uh, there's a lot of instruments like you said in it, but the way that he, he brings the song up and kind of slows it down with the fiddle. What a great song. And I think that we can't not mention the song without saying God bless Chris Ledoux. Absolutely. Uh, it is amazing to me how in the background instrument of a song, there always seems to be one that kind of carries it. And in this song, you know, you hear like the slide guitar and a lot of the acoustic, but with Jimmy and the fiddle, it fits. It fits really, really good. Like, you know, we talked about two songs previous and it's real upbeat and they're fun and they're fast. But like this one, it, you know, it shows he could also slow it down. And, you know, you talk about, Jess, you mentioned running around, not missing a beat. But this is like another one where it gives you when you see a live performance or a video, you could just on this one, because there's not a whole heck of a lot going on. You could really just sit there and focus on what Jimmy's doing and other band members. But when you watch Jimmy on this one, even though it's a little bit slower, he's having just as much fun, I think, doing this one. I definitely think that Jimmy, the fiddle in this song, carries the song from start to finish, the way that Garth sings the lyrics. I'm glad that he's such a, a big part of one of my top five favorite songs. I, I really do enjoy it. I enjoy him on this song a lot. Deb, what'd you think? Yeah, I think Jimmy's playing in this song for this recording is absolutely beautiful. In Like you guys said, in the previous two songs we discussed, Colin Baton Rouge and Fever, I think Jimmy matches Garth's crazy side. Like they almost egg each other on and push each other to see who can go further. But Much Too Young is like the soft, gentle side of Jimmy's playing. It's soulful and tender. And in my opinion, it's the perfect way on this album to show his range as a fiddle player. Especially if you listen at the 11 second mark, if you just focus on Jimmy in that moment, and you push away all the other sounds, and you focus on the fiddle sound, it's the most beautiful fiddle performance I think I've ever heard. Like, it's just flawless. I just can't, there's no other word to describe it. And so to have this recording right backed up against those other two songs we listened to and talking about how fast they are and how crazy they get, but then you can catch this one moment in this song. I just, I, Jimmy, it's just like we should all bow down. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> He's just amazing. I think Jimmy was just perfect on this album. And I think these three songs that we picked showcase that perfectly. Yeah. I agree. You know, to this mentioning that and, you know, talking about Fever and how he came in and, you know, got that call to come over and record with Garth. Could you imagine, you know, being Jimmy walking in and getting to record with Garth and then needing to match that energy? Like, whoa, <laughs> did I make the right call? <laughs> but you have to believe that with all of his success and, you know, the awards and things that you talked about, Deb, when he was younger and uh, where he was at that point in his career, it had to have been a very, very easy transition. I mean, at least it, he made it look very, very easy in that transition to fit into that band, to have that energy, to have that kind of fun. You know. We think, oh, you know, great fiddle player and all that. Yeah, we know, but there's more to it to be able to 
be with somebody or a part of a band like somebody's like Garth's and go out and be able to obtain the success and maintain the success and, and stay with that travel. And, you know, some research I had done talking about the amount of people that they would that they would perform in front of like that had to have been crazy, like life changing for him. So I'm glad that he was able to make it work because I don't know that the band's anything without Jimmy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, well, that wraps it up for our very special Jimmy Mattingly episode. So we are sending all of our love and all of our support out Jimmy's way. We think you're great, and we look forward to the future and what you have in store for us. We are here for it. Hopefully Vegas July. Yes. Woohoo! That would be awesome. Can't wait for Vegas in July. It's going to be 2,000 degrees. I know, that's true, because Vegas in July. No problem. We'd just be inside the air conditioning on the casino table. That's right. At roulette. Yeah. We're going to have to record a live podcast outside in the heat. Oh, that's going to. Sorry, your equipment won't work because it's melting. Okay. And now we are going to go into breaking news. Breaking news. Some of you out there may have been a part of the old Planet Garth Forum website, which was a place for Garth fans to meet up and chat. If so, listen up. As you are probably aware, Planet Garth has been down for some time. Well, Garth Medic, a user there at Planet Garth, has created a new forum for Garth fans to use until or if Planet Garth comes back. If you are interested in signing up, Garth Cop from Planet Garth is taking names. So just send him an email to garthcop at gmail.com and let him know what username you would like to have and what your email address is. Garth Medic will send you an email back with a link to the forum site. Feel free to contact us if you have any questions and we'll pass them along. Have you checked out our website at garthology.com yet? If not, stop by and leave a comment on our blog page to let us know how we're doing. Plus, you can submit a show idea on the show idea page. And while you're there, go ahead and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. And remember to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Do you listen on Apple Podcasts? If so, stop by there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing and to encourage others to listen. Plus, are you in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook? If so, don't forget to share us with your group by posting about us or sharing one of our posts there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. Yeah, and speaking of friends in low places, uh, while you guys are on social media, you can find us at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. If you use Instagram and Twitter, we are at GarthologyCast there. We do appreciate and enjoy the interaction with a lot of you Garthologists. If you guys can continue to like and comment and or share our posts and stories, we would greatly appreciate it. And next up on Garthology, we're going to be diving into the first half of Garth's sixth studio album, In Pieces. This will include tracks one through five, which are Standing Outside the Fire, The Night I Cold the Old Man Out, American Honky Tonk Bar Association, One Night a Day, and Kicking and Screaming. This will be season two, episode seven, and will be available on your podcast platform of choice starting March 7th. 
Until then, this has been Season 2, Episode 6 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. So Jimmy played the violin in the Benjamin Franklin Elementary School Orchestra in Terre Haute. Terre, did I do it wrong you, again? You did. Terre Haute. <laughs> Terre Haute? Terre yeah, like Haute. H-O-T-E. I'm never going to get it. Because now, let me I, phonetically. Listen, I just say Jimmy played in Indiana somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Terre, how would you even say that phonetically or spell it? H-O-T-E. H-O-T-E. Hoot. I'm never going to get it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. In the Benjamin Franklin Elementary School Orchestra in... <laughs> I just have to, not... <laughs> I have to take it Listen, out. I can't do it. This episode is going <laughs> to go forever at this rate. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> now, now I just am going to laugh the whole time. <sighs> it's gone. It's just gone.